Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the FACT Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am FACT's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today's show, I would like to thank ARS Pharmaceuticals for their very kind support of FACT's Roundtable podcast. We're exploring how to use those boundary-setting skills during the holidays for parents and children with FACT's Director of Behavioral Health and nationally certified school psychologist Emery Brown. Learning how to gracefully yet firmly say no when situations or food may not be safe is key to enjoying a festive holiday season. And today, we're going to learn tips on how to say no while enjoying a really fun holiday season. Welcome, Emery, back to Facts Roundtable podcast. As usual, I am absolutely delighted to have you on the show. And once again, this is going to be another great day and another great podcast because you always bring us information that's very powerful and very actionable. Thank you so much. It's good to be back. It's absolutely great to be speaking to you again about navigating the holiday season. I can't even believe we're in the holiday season already. Our Director of Education, Kristen Osborne, has spoken on this podcast about how to say no, but today we're taking a deeper dive into helping kids learn how to say no by age group. So let's start. Why is it key to feel comfortable saying no for anyone who has food allergies? People with food allergies need to be self-confident and self-assured in all the different things they do, whether it comes to reading a label or picking a safe restaurant to go eat at. Many of us have seen holiday movies or shows where Great Aunt Sally brings a fruitcake and everybody has to try it to be polite, raving how great it is when really it's terrible. But for people with food allergies, that's not something that they can do. In fact, I would go so far as to say that accepting food in a lot of cultures, including here in America, is the polite thing to do. So when it comes to people with food allergies, developing our muscle to say no is very important. What goes hand in hand with this is knowing your value because your safety comes first, even if it comes at the price of coming off route to someone you care about. No is a complete sentence and you can say no and still be polite. I think I share that same challenge where I feel guilty saying no, where I feel if I'm saying no, I'm insulting Aunt Sally or I'm going against a culture. So there is, I think for me at least, um, a lot of guilt around that. Do you have any tips for someone like me who feels guilty? I agree. And I definitely have dealt with the guilt that comes to saying no as well. Just at the end of our school year, this past year, my boss gave me a Reese's peanut butter cup to say thank you for a year well done. I'm allergic to dairy and I'm allergic to peanuts. So I definitely can't have Reese's peanut butter cups, but she was giving it to everyone. So I did take it to be polite, gave it to my mom later. But what I should have done is said, this is such a nice thought, but I'm actually allergic to this. One, it wouldn't have offended her. Two, I didn't have to take something home that I was allergic to. And three, 
she would know for in the future that this is something that I'm allergic to. And maybe she could get me something else or just say, thank you for a great year verbally or something like that. Excellent advice. Thank you. And I really like how you're saying, I really appreciate that. And I think that's the key that I forget. Just express my gratitude, right? Because I'm really just grateful for the gesture. Moving on, starting with parents and caregivers, how does someone in the role of adult patient or caregiver address saying no? So from the adult viewpoint, how do you say no for yourself? You'd already gave us a little information, but if you can answer this a little deeper. I'm glad this is being addressed first. Ultimately, it's on the parents and caregivers to teach saying no, it's their job. However, oftentimes when we're growing up, we're told it's wrong to say no, that it's bad to say no and polite to say no. We're taught that telling adults no is actually quite rude. Polite people say yes, polite people say thank you. And oftentimes parents and caregivers don't even know that they're doing this because toddlers, preschoolers, even elementary school students as part of development will start just to say no. We often joke that kids learn to say no before they learn to say yes. And no becomes a favorite word. No, I don't want that. No, 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 no. So we often will teach our children, don't say no, you're going to try this. Don't say no, we're going to go do this, rather than listen to our two or three-year-old's opinions. So as we grow up, we learn to say no is bad. And sometimes, in fact, saying no is off limits. And this teaches us that we have to say yes for people to like us. We have to say yes to be polite. We have to say yes to please others. So children and adults alike develop an odd relationship with the word no, because they remember that it's something a little bit taboo. So it's important that parents and caregivers go over the appropriate times to say no. One of the best ways that parents and caregivers can do this is to model. We've talked about modeling a lot. Model, model, model. Model polite no's. Let your children see you say no, whether it's no to going out to eat or no to doing a specific chore or no to something that a friend asks. But healthy politeness is actually rooted in being gracious. So saying no in a polite way or a polite way, denying something, it should actually feel good. Because pleasing, on the other hand, saying yes just to please usually comes from a place of fear or anxiety and can often feel draining. So when we exercise that no muscle in a healthy and polite way, it should actually make us feel good. Well, that's really fun when you mentioned exercising the no muscle. I love that. We're going to exercise this no muscle in this podcast. So now moving down in age, let's discuss college students and teens. Now, how does this dynamic of saying no change? So this is a good question because a lot of the times the dynamic changes completely. A lot of college students and teens struggles with self-worth. We saw that deeply and very upfront when it came to the coming out of the pandemic, we saw the increase of anxiety and depression among teens and college students. And oftentimes this can come from a struggle with self-worth and self-acceptance of who a person is. So they may get stuck in a cycle of saying yes, just to please others, as we just kind of talked about, even if they end up being unhappy or stressed out because of it. If a teenager or a college student fears rejection, fears not being liked, or that they fear that others think they're not generous or a willing person, they might develop that fear of saying no even more. But a teenager and a college student no longer has your parents to say no for you, especially when a dangerous situation arises or a situation where the answer is not black and white. It's a gray area. So it's a skill that needs to develop. Saying, oh, I have to ask my parents, or 
school check-in with my parents is no longer a valid excuse, especially when you're in college. You can't use that as a cop-out. I know many of us have, including myself. When I was a kid, if I didn't want to do something, I would say, I have to go ask my parents. And then I'd prep my mom by saying, tell me I can't do it or something like that. So that I would feel less uncomfortable when I ended up saying no. However, really, we all need to develop the skill to say no and stand on ourselves, speak for ourselves and say no, because it might be really easy to say no to someone borrowing your iPad or borrowing a book or if they need to borrow money. It's a lot harder to say no to something like alcohol or drugs or these different things that might come up in the teenage and college years. Thank you for that insight, Emery. Very, very good. So now let's turn to middle school, where students are making that transition into the teen years. This time of life actually feels to me like it's one of the most vulnerable times kids face. So if you can go into detail, that would be fantastic. I agree with you. I definitely think it's one of the more vulnerable age groups. A couple podcasts ago, we talked about different development stages, specifically in middle school. And middle school children end up starting to shy away from their authentic preferences because they have a bigger desire to fit in. Oftentimes, specifically girls will need help recognizing that asserting oneself is not rude or aggressive, and they're going to need explicit instructions, boys and girls alike, of how to speak up for themselves, how to claim what they need, how to claim their strengths, show their strengths, and accept who they are. And it'll be, again, circling back, a parent and caregiver's job to show them how to do that in a way that's productive and also polite. The one way that middle schoolers can learn this is to be shown that disagreement doesn't have to mean disconnection. If something comes up in conversation about how one person likes to hike, you could teach your child to say something, that's so interesting that you like to hike. I really prefer swimming. So oftentimes middle schoolers will pretend that they like something because it's what's cool, it's what's popular, but disagreements or having separate interests doesn't mean that you can't be friends with that person, doesn't mean that you can't still go do things with that person. In fact, our commonalities do bring us together, but the things that we have different, our uniqueness is what makes us special and what makes us feel like our true self. So Stephen Hinshaw, he's the co-chair of Scientific Research Council at the Child Mind Institute and a professor of psychology at University of California, Berkeley, says that parent-to-child communication is actually the real antidote of unhealthy pleasing. So he says, when you have a real dialogue with your kids, you show them that you are genuinely interested in their perspective. Ask them to problem-solve something from your life to boost their critical thinking skills. Something like, my coworker didn't hold up her end of the deal. I'm frustrated. I need to tell her in a respectful way. What should I say to her? So there are ways that you can bring your child into your life and work on those critical thinking skills, work on developing that healthy disagreement without that disconnection. So again, for this group, role play, saying no for little things like, no, you don't want to go to the beach or no, you don't want to go to the sleepover is going to be what builds them up to be able to say no when things become more serious, when peer pressure becomes involved, when bullying becomes involved in this middle school age group. They're going to be able to say, no, I'm not going to say that to somebody or no, I'm not comfortable with what you're doing. And this directly relates to food allergies because a lot of the time middle schoolers, this is when we let them go out dining with their friends for the first time without a parent or they're at a school event where food is offered. And again, we're not there to oversee them. They're going to need to say, no, I can't eat that. 
no, I can't go to the pizza restaurant. Can we go to the Italian restaurant? And they're going to have to start asserting themselves in a way, again, that's not rude, that's not leading to disconnection, but is being honest to their authentic self. These are very powerful tips. Boy, I wish I knew these when my kids were in middle school. I have to say, when you said disagreement doesn't mean disconnection, I had to write that down. I think I need that on my wall because we all forget that. That is such an important tip. Now let's keep going down our little age path here. And let's now discuss elementary age kids and how to respectfully say no. So elementary students are a whole different ballgame. And elementary school students need to know that we say no for a lot of reasons. Bullying might become a problem during this age group. We say no to protect ourselves. We say no to maintain our identity. We say no to develop a positive self-image. And no is not the same as rejection. So again, it's not the same as disconnection, and it's not the same as rejection. Turning down a request isn't the same as rejecting a person. So with the elementary age group, you're also going to want to reassure your child that when there's conflicts or disagreements and differences of opinion, that's part of all human relationships. Let them see that in your own relationships that you have. When it comes to maintaining their identity, we're all asked to do many different things in life. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them we enjoy. Some of the things don't interest us at all. When we teach a child to say no, it allows them to regulate their own actions start defining their personal preferences and adhere to their own opinions. So a lot of the times, elementary school students are encouraged to have their opinion. They're encouraged to try a lot of different things, which I'm not saying is bad. Elementary school students should be exposed to a lot of different things. That's how they are going to decide what they like or don't like. But at this point also, if our child says, no, I don't want to do karate anymore, I want to play tennis or something like that, they're developing true real opinions that is going to be able to define who they are at this age. So letting them express no in a healthy way to find out who they are is going to be quite critical. And then to develop their positive self-image, as I said. So again, respectfully, confidently standing up for oneself contributes to good self-esteem. Saying no is one of those skills, muscles, tools that helps develop strength and independence. Again, when it comes to children with food allergies, we talk a lot about children developing that independence. Again, independence has to be given systematically at the time that is appropriate, but children with food allergies grow up to be adults with food allergies. So we need to teach them that independence of saying no, saying no, they can't have that classroom snack, saying no, they you know, can't eat that without reading the ingredients or having their parents check with it, right? These are the independent skills that they need to develop now so they can have them later. These are really lifelong skills. That's what I'm hearing. It's not just saying no for food allergies, but these are just lifelong skills. So lastly, let's discuss the little ones. Preschoolers are truly masters of no. I mean, they they love that word and they seem to use it quite a bit. But how do we teach those little ones how to say no properly? Kind of back to that respect thing. And once I've even seen a little one just hysterically put his hand out, he put one hand on his hip, put one hand straight out and just shouted no. And it was so funny. He got his point across, but I know there are other methods that aren't maybe as dramatic. So if you can talk to us now about the little ones. That's so funny. And it is an art form. So we can express no in a myriad of ways, including striking that power pose and putting our hand out. That's definitely a clear nonverbal way to say no. 
But again, this circles back to for preschoolers, we often go about teaching no the wrong way. It doesn't, no doesn't have to be aggressive and no doesn't have to be off limits and bad. For preschoolers, they're learning to develop the skill of sharing. So oftentimes to help them teach sharing, as an example, a child will say, can I share that toy or can I take a turn? And since we're teaching our preschoolers to share, we say, okay, tell them yes, give them the toy, it's your turn. However, if your child or the other child wasn't done playing with it, that's a very appropriate time to teach a polite no. No, I'm still playing with this toy. I'll give you a turn after. You can teach your preschooler to say no in a very polite way that isn't bad. I'm using the sharing example because I do work in an elementary school where there's preschool and I do see this happen. So we say sharing is a skill that's important to learn. I'm not saying that. It definitely is. It's very developmental that preschoolers are still learning to share at that age. However, they can share in a healthy way. I'm going to play with this for five more minutes and then you can have a turn. So there's going to be moments where teaching them no is very appropriate. Don't just teach them yes to be polite. No is not bad. These tips have been just amazing, but we're actually coming to the end of our time together. So do you have anything that you want listeners to hear before we say goodbye? The last thing I have to say is from preschoolers all the way up to adults, parents, caregivers, you want to teach children and you want to remind yourself as an adult that there are a thousand ways to say no, not just one. So vary the way that you're saying no to your children and vary the way that you have them say no to others or model or role play. No, as we mentioned earlier, is a complete sentence. Sometimes that's going to be the most appropriate thing to do to just say no and move on, especially perhaps if the situation is dangerous. Other times, the polite thing to do will be to give an explanation. No, thanks for asking me, but I have a family vacation planned that week. So you can say no and give an explanation sometimes. Other times, just to be polite, you don't have to give an explanation, but you can say no, but thank you for thinking of me. So there are still ways that we can be polite, respectful with no, and other times, We might want to give explanations so that people better understand our no. And there are other times when no is going to be sufficient in and of itself. We don't have to feel the pressure to give explanation after explanation, excuse after excuse. But ultimately, when you're saying no, be confident about it. A lot of times we'll say no and we'll create a lie or an excuse. I'm sure that many of us have done that. But ultimately, that'll lead to our own guilt. So if you don't feel comfortable saying why the no, That's a great time for no to be sufficient in a complete sentence in and of itself. Absolute wonderful words of wisdom. Thank you so much for your time, Emery. We know it's such a hectic time right now, so we appreciate you sitting down with us today. Thanks for having me. See you next time. Before we say goodbye today, I just want to take a moment to pause and say thank you to ARS Pharmaceuticals for their kind sponsorship of Facts Roundtable Podcast. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.